let the church say amen. <clears throat> Once again, the Gospel of John. John chapter 1. And for today, verse 14. John chapter 1, verse 14. <clears throat> and these are the words that you find there. And the word was made flesh. And dwelt among us. We beheld his glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father. Full of grace and truth. Amen. And the word was made flesh. That's what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about the word made flesh. You, you want to know what it is that we're celebrating? You want to know why, why everybody is crowded in the mall? They don't know, but you ought to know. <laughs> we're celebrating because the Word was made flesh. We've been spending this whole month leading down to this passage right here. And if we can do just a little refurbishing and go back and just rethink what we've already learned. We, re we learned that if we read all four of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, <clears throat> each of the writers began by placing Jesus in a historical setting. Read Matthew and you find that Matthew begins with the genealogy of Jesus. He wants to connect Jesus to David and Abraham. Mark, he starts out preaching and he's talking about the preaching of John the Baptist the cousin or the forerunner of Jesus Christ. When Luke tells the story, Luke tells the story from the perspective of Mary, the virgin mother of Jesus. But it's almost <clears throat> as if John says all that they are saying is true. Matthew, you're right. Mark, Luke, you're right. All of that is true and it's accurate, but John seemed to be concerned that they are really not telling the whole story. They, 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 John seems concerned that they really are not doing justice to the real story behind the birth of Jesus. Somehow, they are not telling the real story, the whole story about why Jesus was born. <clears throat> it's almost like John is worried that the world might get the impression that Jesus showed up 
for the first time that night in Bethlehem. It's almost like John is worried that yeah, everybody's going to think that there was no Jesus, that Jesus was never around until that cold night in Bethlehem. <clears throat> John, John wants you and I to know that he was here, that Jesus was here before the night in Bethlehem. He wants you and I to know that he was here, Jesus was here when everything got started. Look at how John starts. John 1, 1, he says, in the beginning. Is that in your book? In the beginning was the word. That word, you remember, we already been over this. That word is logos. It means, it mean, the, the word, that, that means, yeah, yeah, Jesus. That's Jesus right there. In the beginning was the word. In the beginning was logos. In the beginning was Jesus. In the very beginning. John starts out by mirroring. And if you read John 1 and 1, it sort of mirrors Genesis 1. You remember Genesis 1 says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And, and, and as we refresh our memory, we speak, and when we speak of God, we speak of the Trinity. Uh, we, we're going to learn something here today. If you haven't already, we've already been over this. When you speak of God, you're not speaking of one. You're speaking of three. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Are y'all hearing me? We speak of the Trinity, the three and one. I know, that, yeah, sometimes we get a little confused and we think that we don't know it. But the truth of the matter is you've been singing it all your life. Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. And then you go right, right down, God in three persons. Blessed Trinity. Are y'all hearing me? That's God. Three in one. You remember, you remember, we've already been through this. I told you that John uses that term lagos because it was familiar to those who would be reading it then. And, and, and look at how he uses this word lagos. And, and I want you to know, we've already learned that word. That's Jesus right there. Capital L. In the beginning was the lagos, the word. People of that day immediately knew what he was talking about. No here that John makes a distinction. He wants us to understand that this is not just a word. He says, in the beginning was the word. That in your book? He's speaking of the word, the word. And we all need to get this and we need to understand this. He's speaking of the word as God's ultimate communication to this planet. The only way that this planet, anybody on this planet, will ever be able to communicate with an almighty and all-powerful God, you got to do it through the Word. Remember verse 1? He speaks here of the pre-existence of Jesus. He wants us to know that Jesus was here in the very beginning. That's verse 1. It says, yeah, in the beginning was the word. And in Genesis, you find out that God, that three in one, God said, let. 
he just spoke a word, spoke a word. And at that word, creation started. Read your Bible, read your Bible. Genesis 1, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. God says, let. Verse 3 in Genesis, God says, let. Verse 6 in Genesis, God says, let. Verse 9, verse 11, verse 14, God says, let. Verse 24, he says, let. But when it gets down to 26, he doesn't say let that time. He, he says, now we're getting ready for the crown of our creation. We're getting ready to create man. And listen to what he says in 26. He said, let us make man. Are y'all hearing me? God, God merely spoke. And his word, Logos, things happen. John explains it in verse 3. He says, this is Jesus, all things were made by him. That's the word, Logos, Jesus. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. I'm trying to show you Jesus was there in the beginning. Are y'all hearing me? Through this word, that you and I gain understanding. It's through the word. It's only through words that you and I can ever make sense out of it. If you use words properly, uh, yeah, if, if, if people learn to use words just right in the right place, then people will see clearly what, you are, what you're trying to say. You ever had people, yeah, as people talk to you and you're, they're talking and they're clear about what they're saying and you say, I see. Are you hearing me? Use words properly and people will see what you're talking about. But then if you use words improperly, you confuse folk. Y'all hearing this? Yeah, you're nothing worse than folk who, who think that they're using words right and they are saying something you have no idea. Now, you're too nice to tell them. You don't have any idea. I, I was, that, that was a preacher, a preacher in our hometown. His name was German Oliver. Just a local preacher. Nobody really, we didn't preach too many places. But uh, one Sunday, he got a chance to preach at our church. And the pastor invited him to come preach at our church. And you could tell he was sort of nervous. You could tell he was sort of nervous at the beginning. He had never been up in front of a whole lot of people. And he, he was preaching, and you can sort of fumbling over his words, and sort of. But after he got started, after he got started and going pretty good, he made a statement, and I don't know why I remember this. I was 13 years old. He said, he, he right in the middle of a sermon, he says, "I feel better than I do now than I did when I started." <laughs> y'all still trying to figure out? See, <laughs> so I know I don't lost y'all. I feel better than I do now when I did when I, than I did when I started. Y'all just write it down. You ain't going to figure it out right now. But, but just to show you how, words put in the wrong place can confuse folk. You really don't understand. You really can't understand what it means. You, you hear people sometimes who are so good with words that they can almost paint a picture. You ever seen folk like that? So good with words that you can just see what they're talking about. They make things so clear that anybody can understand. 
That's what I do standing here. I stand every Sunday morning trying to convey what I got in my head to you. And the only medium I have is words. Are y'all hearing this? Got to use words. Likewise, Jesus is God's word to us. Jesus himself is God's word. You will never understand God if you can't get a glimpse of who Jesus is. Why? Because Jesus is the word. Jesus himself. Revelation 1.8, Jesus said it himself. He says, I am the Alpha and I am the Omega. He says, I am the A and I am the Z. He says, I'm the alphabet. If you're going to ever understand, you've got to understand me. He is the one, Jesus is the one who spells out deity. He's the one who spells out God to mankind. There is no connection between man and God without the word. I'm trying to help you here. You will never know, you will never have any view of God unless you understand the word. Jesus paints us a picture of God. It is through Jesus, it is through the word that we get a glimpse of God. Who in our, yeah, yeah, God, God is so big that in our, our finite man, minds, we will never be able to comprehend God. But not only does John speak of the pre-existence of Jesus, in the beginning was the word, he speaks of the coexistence of Jesus. Look at it, look at it. He says, and the word was with God. Jesus, in the very beginning, coexisted with God. It's here that John alludes to the doctrine of the Trinity. He begins to talk to us and show us about the three in one, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. So that we won't get off track, let me suffice it to say at this point that in the beginning was the Word. Jesus was with God in the beginning. Not just that cold night in Bethlehem, but in the beginning, Jesus was with God. Christ Jesus didn't at some point in time come into existence and start a relationship with God the Father. The Father, the Son, have always been in communion with each other. Jesus wasn't born and then had to, had to build a relationship with the Father from the very beginning. Jesus and the Father were together. But then finally, we point out John's next, next message concerning the Word, the Logos, what he's saying about Jesus. He's already spoken of the preexistence of Jesus. He's already spoken of the existence of Jesus. He's already talked about how he was there with God from the beginning. But then he points out the divine existence of the word, the divine existence of Jesus. He says, and the word, not only was he 
there with God. Not only he says he, want, he wants us to know that the word was God. Are y'all hearing me? So in the beginning, he was there in the beginning. He was there with God in the beginning. But not only that, he wants you to know that he is God. Let me say it another way. Jesus is God. That is, not only did he pre-exist with God, not only did he coexist with God, but he is God. And, 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 and as I teach, you have to be careful, be careful, because there are folk who will knock on your door and who will hand you a track, who try to change the word around. And, and, and they have changed their Bible to read that the word was a God. Are y'all hearing me? But that ain't what the Bible says. The Bible says that the word was God. You see, if the word was a God, that means there's more than one. Yeah, yeah. So, so when folk knock on your door, for goodness sake, you tell them that my pastor said, that he is God, that not, not a God, he is God. The word was God, one and the same. We, well, I go to my seat. Why did he choose to preach that today? I, I came to hear about the manger. <laughs> Why is he preaching that today? I, I was expecting to hear... About no room in the end. Why, why is he preaching that today? I, I, I came to hear about a baby born in a manger. Well, let me show you. Let me show it to you. God, in the beginning, created man that he might have fellowship with him. That was the whole reason he just made man because he enjoyed coming down in the evening, communicating with man. He, he enjoyed coming in the garden and just having a fellowship with man. But you remember in Genesis, man messed it up. Y'all remember that? Man sinned in the garden. Man fell to sin. And because of his sin, man, God's whole his creation, the, the crown of his creation, man found himself separated from God. Now, God still loved him, but because of sin, God had to separate from his creation. From that time, from that time, God, through the word, has tried to communicate with man. Ever since that separation, God has done all he could using the word. Jesus. Y'all listen to those two things the same. Yeah, yeah. He used the word trying to open up communication with man about himself. Through the word, he has tried to help a finite creature understand an infinite God, and he has to do it through the word. In the beginning was the word. In the beginning was Jesus. But, but somehow, even though he's trying to use his word, to get us back, somehow we could never wrap our minds around it. it yeah, yeah, God is too big for us to get our minds around, even though he's trying 
to use his word. Let me show it to you. He took his own finger. Read Exodus sometime. And he wrote his word on a tablet. Ten commandments. He took his own finger, wrote a word, yeah, and gave it to Moses and said, take my word down to the folk. Trying to get back to us. Guess what? We broke every one of them. Are y'all hearing me? We, 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 we broke every one of them. We could not grasp his word. Then he tried something else. He, he sent his word through prophets. Started calling men to go. Y'all go talk to them and tell them about my love. Let them know that I still love them. Let them know that my wrath is not forever. He sent these men and guess what? We still couldn't get our heads around. What these men were trying to say, according to the word of God, they, they, they killed the prophets. They, they punished the prophets. They could not understand the prophets. But God says, I'm not giving up on man. Y'all ain't hear me. I, I, I thank God somebody ought to shout. He did not give up on man. He had another move. That was another move. Look at verse 14. Here it is right here. You come here for a Christmas story? There it is right there. And the word was made flesh. Are y'all hearing me? Yeah, that, 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 that your baby right there. The word was made flesh, laid in a manger, wrapped in swaddling clothes. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. The word came to earth, walked around just like us, and we beheld his glory. That was, a, that, was a, that was a man that worked in a warehouse, great big warehouse. And uh, over the years, birds started taking up residence in this warehouse. It's just a great big, huge warehouse. And, Birds start coming in, and he tried his best to keep them out, but they kept coming, and they kept multiplying. And so after a while, he sort of started falling in love with the birds. And uh, he started, every morning he'd feed them, and they, they'd come down and eat and go back up, and they all over the warehouse have birds. And he, he sort of developed a heart for the birds. And one morning, the warehouse caught on fire, and the birds were perishing. They, they, were, they were perishing. He yeah, yeah, he saw them burning the bird, their birds, and he was trying to do something. He was trying to figure out how to get the birds out, and he was trying to shoo them out. And, and the more he tried to shoo them because they didn't understand him and they were afraid of him, they were going closer and closer to the fire. They were being destroyed, although he was trying to save them. And, and this man said in his mind, you see, the birds couldn't understand what it was he was trying to do. They didn't understand how much he loved him. He, he, the man stood there watching the birds perish, and he made a statement to himself. He says, oh, if I could just become a bird for a moment. Are y'all hearing? If I could just be one of them for just a moment then maybe I could go up there with them and maybe I could help them understand what it is I'm trying to say. Oh, if I could just be a bird for a moment. He couldn't do it. Are y'all hearing me? But what that man could not do, God did do. 
Are y'all hearing me? God saw us perishing. God saw us dying and what that man could not do. God did. Are y'all hearing me? Let me read it out of Philippians 2 and 7. But he made himself of no reputation and took upon himself the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. Let me read it to you in Hebrew 10. It says, it tells us that man could not be redeemed by the blood of bulls and goats. Are y'all hearing me? But Jesus, the word says, prepare me a body. Let me go down. Are y'all hearing? Prepare me a body. Let me go down. I will redeem man. John Miller says, and the word was made flesh. You want to celebrate? That's why the baby came. The baby came so that he came as one of us. He came like us, born like us, had a mama like us. Are y'all hearing me? So that we can understand it. He came, my brothers and sisters, uh, he came to show us how to live. He came to show us how to love each other. He came to show us how to forgive each other. He even came to show us how to overcome the sting of death. He showed us how to rob the grave. Are y'all hearing me? That's what that was all about. He went to the cross to show us I ain't got to be afraid of death because death can't hold me down. He went to the grave to show you and I that the grave has no victory. He got up early Sunday morning. Got up early Sunday morning with all power in his hand. So as we celebrate, as we celebrate, I need you to know it's more than a baby. Are y'all hearing me? As we celebrate, it's more than a baby. We're celebrating Emmanuel, God with us, who came to die for us. It's more than a baby. It's God giving his only begotten son that whosoever Believes in him, but not perish, but have everlasting life. That's why he came. That's why he came. And as we celebrate, as we celebrate, I want to make sure that you understand the real celebration. There's really no room for you to celebrate if you don't belong to him. If you have not accepted the gift that he gave us, there's no room for celebration. But if thou wilt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Now you understand why we ought to adore him. You understand? You understand why when we come together, we ought to look to heaven. We ought to just ought to thank God for him. If you're here unsaved today, haven't accepted him as Lord and Savior of your life, I'm going to invite you now, but you have an opportunity now to give your life to him. If you're here, already saved and don't have a church covering, you need, you need to be covered. I'm going to invite you to come today. Yeah, 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 yes.